Welcome, everybody, to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. I'm Dustin Rubio, part of the Limitless Leadership Team and youth pastor at City Church Swansea. And I'm Tim Alford, National Director of Limitless and volunteer youth leader at the Source Church Malvern. And this is a conversation designed to help youth leaders connect, think, and grow. Welcome back, everybody, to Limitless Leadership Podcast. I'm Dustin Rubio. Tim Alford is not with us, but we are joined by another Tim. But first of all, we have Daniel Schillingford. I do. I'm doing good. Nice. And then we have uh, a Tim that is with us. We have Tim Cooling. Tim, what is up? Life's good. Thanks, Dustin. Yes. And we are at the Elam Leaders Summit at the moment. We are at the Limitless uh, stand right now, and we are sitting down, just hanging out, and we're going to get into some good conversation about something that is relevant in society, but relevant in the church, whether you're aware of it or not. And so without further ado, um, let's just kick this off so people can kind of know who you guys are. And they know Daniel a little bit if you go back to an episode we did on urban context. But Tim Cooling, tell us about yourself. Um, so my name's Tim, Tim Cooling. Um, originally from North Wales, grew up in a place called Rill, yep. uh, which is, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it's basically the Scouse Holiday Resort uh, in North Wales. So they all invade over the over the summer. Uh, grew up there for 15 years. I did Bible college at Regents, and then uh, from there moved to Barking, which is East London way. Some people would say it's Essex. I fight for it to be East London. It feels yeah. more London than Essex. Um, and I've been there for about seven years, serving as an uh, associate pastor there. So doing youth work and all kinds of different stuff, really. Awesome. So yeah, good stuff. And Daniel, do you want to give people just just give us a little snippet and a blurb of who you are, what you do? Yeah. So yeah, um, Daniel Shillingford, and really um, myself. I'm in a family of five. Um, I'm the baby in the family. Yeah. So shout out all the babies that are listening. <laughs> you know, and um, so I'm from a. Caribbean and Mauritian heritage. Okay. Um, my dad's Dominican, my mum's Mauritian. And um, I would say I've got quite a diverse church experience. Okay. So I, I've worked with the Salvation Army in the Baptist Church and also within an Elim church at the moment. And I'm, most of my work's in London, um, but I've, wor- I've worked in East London, North London um, mainly. And in those boroughs, it's very diverse. So you'll have um, Turkish, Black, Somalian. Um, communities wow. and then you'll have um, an African community when I'm an African you know there's very very diverse mm. Africa's very diverse in itself yeah uh, with nations and cultures and dialects as well mm. and Caribbean so most of my upbringing when I grew up was around diversity so it's pretty much what I knew and how to navigate through that so that's some of my story um, in regards to my upbringing and my church experience yeah Cool, good stuff. So let us just come out with something that is uh, uh, maybe a visual picture of us three, right? We are three shades of color, right? And it is important as we talk about our topic, which is diversity. So Tim, although he might sound like a rapper, he is he is a North Walian uh, white gentleman. And then we have Daniel, who is a black gentleman. And then there's myself, who is brown. Without further ado, right, let's get into this. What is the importance and how would you define diversity and what is the importance of diversity within church leadership? Um, So I guess for me, where I would start is is what's the gospel? Um, And a big, big part of this conversation for me is Acts 2, 
where you have um, all the believers waiting in one place um, for the power of the Spirit to come. And then the Spirit descends, uh, tongues of fire on their head, and they leave that place. They walk out onto the streets and they start to speak in different tongues. Um, and I think this is a really, really crucial moment because this is the moment where the Spirit begins to break out and the movement of the Spirit is from one people group to every people group. Mm, and good. so the good news of the gospel is for every single person, no matter what they look like, no matter where they come from, no matter what their heritage. And so as a church, we need to know how to serve each and every person, each how they look, no matter That's what good. they sound like, no matter what they dress like. We need to find a voice and a style of leadership that creates room for everybody to flourish. Mm. Um, so for me, it goes right to the heart of the gospel, right to the birth of the church. Uh, it's right at the start of all that we do now has come from that place, um, the spirit breaking out. So that for me is, uh, yeah. Tim, coming out hot with the biblical knowledge. Right. Wow. Daniel, what do you think? Yeah, so um, so we're talking about what is the importance of diversity. Um, I would second, I would support and affirm what Tim just shared, mm. to be honest with you. Um, some have said to me that, you know, racism or uh, discrimination is a secondary issue mm. or that we just need to preach the word. That's the that people have said to me or preach the gospel. But like we said before, um, it's not a secondary issue because, again, you had the Jews and then Jesus now dying and then now Paul coming up and saying, yeah, but now the gospel's gone out to the Gentiles as well. Mm. So the Gentiles are now grafted in and all nations and all tongues are now brought in to the kingdom. So what Tim was saying in Acts chapter 2 is that when the Spirit comes, the, when the Spirit comes, he brings diversity. Mm. So the question that's raised in our church is that when the Holy Spirit arrives in your service and crowns your service, he should be calling all people from all walks of life to come to your grouping. So the Holy Spirit doesn't come to a monoculture or a one set people. It comes to all people types to to come and and to congregate. And the question is, is our church is reflecting the call of the Spirit? Yeah. So the theology is that Jesus died for everybody in Acts chapter 2. But also in Revelations, we find out that all nations will be worshipping God. Mm. All nations will be uh, around the throne. All nations will be congregated in their tribes, mm. in their ethnicity. They won't be one culture. There won't be um, one expression. They will be in their original expression, I believe, and they will be sharing and worshipping God from there. And so um, it's really trying to get a little bit of heaven on earth mm. in our existing churches when it comes to the Spirit brings about diversity. And so when we're talking about the Holy Spirit come, we're saying, Lord, make our church more diverse. For me, it's about image. So we're going back to Genesis. So we're talking about God, we've been made in God's image. And so the first dynamics when we're dealing with that is the first thing is when people come, when we see people, we've got to see them in God's image mm. and God's likeness. Right. And one of the things we find when we see um, diversity being attacked is when we start um, taking into or prescribing to the other. Yeah. They're different. Yeah. You're looking at people's skin tone and, 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 and history. And so scripturally, we are made in God's image 
shaped in God's image. And so when we need a change in our theology, because when you're in your church and you're championing diversity, people will say, so-and-so culture is like this, or so-and-so culture is like that. And you have to have a biblical standpoint to turn around and say, no, actually, they are made in God's image and they are equal mm. to us. So it's that image of Deo that we're talking about in the heart of every human being, mm. scripturally. So when I talk about scriptural diversity, I'm talking about seeing them in God's image. Yeah. In God's likeness. And now there's lots of discussion how far images, how like how how are we are uh, like God, are we um independent like him, or mm. do we have his attributes like him? Yeah. But I'm taking it down to the most simplest description. We we are made in his image mm. and he has made us it's it's fascinating, diverse. Mm. He's made us absolutely completely diverse. So we reflect his image and so the question is how do I um, protect and how do I love what God has now made hmm. I think um, on that of the importance of diversity as well I think the other the other thing of why this is really important that we get this right as a church is because it's so distinct and so different from the world around us yeah you know when you look at society we're more divided than ever hmm. um, and if we as a Christian community can celebrate diversity learn how to live in unity together that is a powerful witness to to the gospel and the power of jesus in our lives uh, you know and i think one of the big things that we uh, can get confused about is we equate unity with uniformity oh. so we think that unity oh. is when we look the same sound the same think the same yep. um like the same things worship in the same styles but if you need uniformity to have unity, that's kind of a second-class unity. Mm. Um, I think the power of the gospel is it, that it brings unity in the midst of diversity. So you can have a different history, a different story, you can have different preferences, but we still come together under the name of Jesus. And really that elevates the name of Jesus. You know, when someone walks in a room, sees uh, a sea of people from every tribe and every tongue, what is it that draws you all together Jesus mm. it's the name of Jesus it lifts his name higher it's a it's a way in which we can bring God glory and to me that is probably the most attractive thing about getting diversity right is at the heart of it it speaks of who Jesus is and it elevates him in people's minds like there must be something about Jesus to create this kind of unity mm. there's something good about that yeah that's good right so as you both of you guys are talking about look the gospel Jesus and, and this message is bringing all nations, all ethnicities, every language, every person uh, uh, to him. So then we have uh, a church, we have a gathering of diverse people. Now, how important is cultural awareness? Because then you have a whole mixing pot full of different cultures and different people. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think um, it's, it's really important. I think uh, for me, this is a journey that I went on. Uh, obviously growing up in North Wales um, the the only non-white person in my town was uh, this Indian guy that I used to play tennis with and uh, really because I didn't have much exposure to people other than white people when I saw someone of a different skin color um, there was a degree of fascination there was a kind mm. of I want to understand who you are I want to understand um, why you are the way you are you know where you've come from, why are you here in this town, what's going on, and not in a, a negative way, but more in just a, a sense of, I want to understand you. Um, and so 
really for me, I, that started a journey of um, getting to know and understand different cultures. You know, mm. I, in my Bible college years, made fr some friends with people from different uh, racial groups and then ended up going to Barking where it is just the world on your doorstep. You know, mm. everybody is from a different country. Yeah. And so if you don't know how to, to navigate different cultures, you can end up causing a lot of offense, a lot of hurt. You can um, reduce the, the impact of the gospel if you're not able to communicate in a way that is relevant to that community. You know, you can speak about things that maybe they aren't as concerned about. Um, and so for me, it's a, it's a huge thing. And it's not a new thing. Mm. You know, wrestling with cultural diversity is not a new thing. You know, we see it in, in Acts, Acts 15, where uh, we've had this move of the Spirit and, um, and people have been saved, that people have encountered Jesus. And then you've got these, this, these group of Jews who are trying to figure out, right, what are the expectations for these Gentiles who've come to faith? Mm. And they have to have this meeting in Jerusalem where they're trying to figure out, okay, how do these people from these different cultures live in this church community? What expectations do we have? What, what should we uh, desire for them? What does discipleship look like? And those were questions they were asking back then. Yeah. And there's still questions that we need to ask ourselves now. I think two things that I think increase cultural awareness so um, for me as someone who's trying to discover a new culture um, I would say that I need to desire so in Proverbs it talks about wisdom and understanding the two yeah. are dis uh, connected and so there should be a healthy desire for me to want to understand you want to understand your story want to understand your culture and so I need to ask questions and not be afraid to ask stupid questions yeah. you know uh, when I have traveled to Africa, you know, there have been people in towns and villages who've wanted to come touch my skin, wanted to find out about my hair, hmm. you know, and that's, that's not an offensive thing. That's just them wanting to understand who I am. And in the same way, you know, if I've got someone from a, a community, a culture who looks different, sounds different, hmm. I need to ask questions. You know, I can't come in telling them how they should think, how they should respond. I need to ask questions first. Yeah. So on my side, um, pursue understanding ask questions on the other side I think if it's someone who's trying to understand you uh, you need open-handedness you know if you're coming in defensive if you're coming in kind of got this PC culture where you know if you ask me about my hair if you ask me about my skin if you ask yeah. me about my heritage I'm gonna get offended that yeah. that kills understanding it kills community yeah. so for me those two things are really important to build cultural awareness inquisitiveness understanding and just open-handedness open-heartedness on the other side uh, one of the things about cultural awareness that uh, I think is pivotal to understand is that when we're talking about cultural awareness, we're talking about an ability to enter into somebody else's culture. Mm. Now, to be honest, we are who we are. So when we come to the culture, I'm either a black man or um, you know, I'm talking to a Mexican person or speaking to a white person. Mm. So we carry some of those histories mm. with us. But one of the things when we're becoming more aware is that willingness to turn around and say to you, I am who I am, but please tell me about your world. Yeah. Now, when we talk about diversity, when we talk about colour, we try to bracket people as one grouping. We do it so well with the media. Black people are alike. White people are alike. 
Asian people are alike, mm. so forth and so on. But within those brackets or labels, if you want to call them, there's even diversity within that. Mm. So if you're talking yeah. about Asian, what Asian are you talking about? Yep. South Asian? Are you talking about Bengali, Indian, um, Sri Lankan, Mauritian? Uh, when you're talking about African, are you talking about what? Are you talking about South Africa? Mm. Or South region of Africa? What section of the world you're talking about? And so we are so diverse um, that we can try to put people in brackets to make our life easy. When I'm talking about awareness, it's just hands up to say, I don't quite know. Yeah. I'm willing to learn. Yeah. Can you come in and and teach me about your world? Yeah. And even you don't speak for all Asians, but the truth of the matter is I'm prepared to hear um, life from your perspective. Mm. Awareness is actually taking what you've learned from some culture and bring it to your style of leadership and saying actually there's not they're not all the same and I need to learn language dialogue greeting so although we're talking about culture um, in my church I'm doing um, a section on um, disabilities people with mm. disabilities or different kind of awareness yeah. and even when I'm doing this there's uh, people with obviously who are deaf who are um, people with Asperger's and different forms of disabilities and when I'm engaging with that they don't the level of their disability would vary yeah. so one thing I am aware of is you can't learn it in a textbook it has to be lived out you have to be a student of people mm. and be willing to learn from their perspective and be able to invite them in so awareness is um, not trying to assume your perspective is dominant yeah awareness is making sure that i actually come up with my own hang-ups or perspectives or uh, views and i need to make sure i can put that down so that somebody else can engage in that mm. and that is um part of the process of being aware so we're talking about the cultural lens that we come to the scriptures so for example um if you're looking at the scriptures i've different genres of writers within the scriptures now there's an interesting enough one of my previous pastors wrote a paper on the pa african parables mm. now part of the caribbean and african heritage is an ability to tell parables so for, for example when i grew up you know my mum would say this sort of parable um if you don't listen you must feel mm. this particular parable is like you're hard-headed you're not listening to me so therefore she might use a sterner hand to catch my attention um, so when I come to Proverbs or any passages like that, I actually understand the parables because of my heritage. Mm. So when you're now preaching in your services, there's different cultures that will lich on, jump on to certain parts of literature because it is their heritage. Yeah. Even the presentation of the gospel. There's some cultures that lean towards Judas. Mm. There's some cultures that lean towards the disciples. And there's some cultures that lean towards Jesus within that story. And as you get to know the heroes within their cultures you understand how they see stuff but i'm fascinated with jesus because he's a liberator mm. and part of my cultural heritage is to seek to be liberated from oppressive powers yeah but then when you speak to another culture that's not the part of the gospel that they'll jump onto or lean onto to a certain degree um so yeah what daniel was speaking about that i think is so important because uh for different cultures there's different eth uh, entrance points uh, in terms of how we communicate the gospel so uh, what um, where I begin with one culture isn't necessarily where I begin with a with another and I was reading a um, a book recently by a guy called Mark Clark uh, a book on apologetics and he was speaking about how uh, the doctrine of hell you know if you 
in the Western church, it's, it's almost like a, a dirty secret. People mm. don't want to hear about that so much yeah. because we live in a world where um, we don't necessarily suffer injustice to the same degree. Mm. Um, but he says in, in some other areas of the world, maybe we're in places in Africa where you're suffering at the hands of real evil, the doctrine of hell is something that brings hope. It's, it's the idea that evil will be held accountable, that they're not just going to get away with everything yeah. that's happening. And I think when we view things from different cultural um, lenses, yeah. it actually helps us to see the scriptures more clearly. You know, because right. I've got to say that was really helpful for me that maybe I'm looking from my own lens mm. and viewing things in a way that isn't, isn't helpful. It's um, good. Daniel, I want to ask you this question because uh, we had conversations about this before, is w- what would you say, I want you to speak into when I say these two terms, shared leadership and equal representation. Because I feel like there's a, there, there would be certain cultures within diversity that wouldn't really understand and understand why that's important. So if we're talking about representation, I think we're going to start with a church setting because it makes it easy for people to think about what they can do today. Um, so, for example, in worship, uh, there's one dynamics where you can have people come up in your worship service um, and say a greeting in their language mm. or come in traditional clothes, which quite a few churches do. Yeah. Um, it's another dynamics where if you want representation, it's then them to really lead the service in their ethnic um, and cultural language and dress and representation. Mm. Because when you do that, you're, you're not just saying to them... Um, you know, you're welcome here. You're saying to them also that you belong here and actually we're going to learn your language to try to um, really engage with that. So representation is actually, I'm not going to try to make you fit into our Western songs. Yeah. I'm actually going to let you sing in Tamil. I'm actually going to allow you to sing in Creole. Mm. I'm going to let you to sing in any of your dialect and we're going to try and learn your language mm. to try and do that. I'm not turn around and say to you, no, do parts of that we're yeah. trying to engage with that and that takes more time more patience and a willingness to say that um, our dialogue or how we do our services are not always the dominant way yeah. to do things because when we get to heaven there's tons of dialogue and expression mm. and so we need a little bit of heaven on earth so we need to start saying even English is not the dominant language yeah we need to be able to, and that's the thing, when the Holy Spirit came, they spoke so many dialogues that people could hear it in their di- in their language. Yeah. You looked at them and said, no, they all spoke English. No, they heard it in their language. Yeah. So why is it in our service we're not allowing people to sing in their language? Why? Because we turn around and say, oh, we don't understand that. But then we speak in tongues in our language, and none mm. of us, not all the time, we understand <laughs> what's going on there. Yeah, yeah, true. So we have to allow people to speak their dialogue in their language. So that's representation, Mm. clearly. Shared leadership, when you're trying to engage people from different cultures, you need to have them at the leadership level. Because the reality is, like we've said, we all come with lenses. How we pick leaders is different. For example, um, for me, in my cultural heritage, when I'm looking for a leader, I'm looking for them to be a spiritual leader. So these are some of the criteria I'm looking for culturally, from a Caribbean and maybe an African dynamics. I'm looking for them to be very spiritual, mm. praying first, a spiritual lead, um, and to come in first. Dynamics of timekeeping is not the first. 
dynamics on there mm. and also maybe competency in other areas maybe administration it's not the first dynamics i would like them to have that but first i look for a spiritual lead do they know god do mm. they pray before a service are they spirit filled in their dynamics having worked in so in a salvation army dynamics the criteria for leadership was completely different right. they were looking for timekeeping competency and they were looking for a spiritual lead but timekeeping was very high up so when i used to say to them was it a good service they would say to me we start on time and we finish on time mm. but then when um we have another service led by maybe an african group or dynamics they may not have started on time per se and i'm stereotyping here yeah. so i'm hopefully no offense mm. but actually the service was very spirit-filled people had heard prophecy etc etc and the criteria for a quality of a service was different and the criteria for leaders were different so sometimes you'll have people from ethnic minorities in church they're not picked for leadership because your lens for a leader leader is different mm. and they won't um, be picked for that reason and so we look for different things in leadership mm. um, for criteria and so that's another lens discussion yeah I would put forward on that one yeah I think it's all subjective anyways what what each culture would would deem to be quality but yeah tim uh, i think on one of these issues i think one of the things is we've got to acknowledge that um not all of us are going to understand every single culture and so if we want to lead with an awareness of other cultures we need to have other people in the room who are from different uh yep. different heritages different ethnic backgrounds you know if you look at a football team and you just had attack-minded coaches you know mm. you'll, you'll be great at attack but you'll concede so many goals true you know you, you do it the other way just all defensive minded i think you gotta think that way a little bit that um as a as a white man from north wales or the uk i think a certain way and so my leadership is going to lend toward itself towards yeah. that kind of people group and i need other people who are going to come in different voices from different places who value different things who are going to help me to to lead uh in a, a broader way to be more open to to different cultures different heritages so I, I would just put it from that perspective that having different voices in the room from different backgrounds enhances your leadership it mm. doesn't minimize it it's so. good that's good right so let's let's wrap up with this and you would have probably mentioned some of these things already but what are the solutions going forward? So we talked about it, and being honest, it would be difficult for certain leaders to share leadership with different uh, somebody from a different culture. Um, what are the solutions going forward? First solution, I think that we can't be what we're not. And what I mean by that is that we have to have the friendships um, personally. So first thing we could do, step number one, is I look at my phone, how many people do I have from different cultures in my own personal phone? Okay. Where my where's my friendship base? Where am I eating food from different world from different you know world yeah. groups and ethnicities? So I have to be what I'm looking for. So first of all, start with the relational. My phone. Do I have people from other groups? That will make your life slightly easier mm. because the awareness will come and an interpretation will come from that. And then the second dynamics when you're sitting down in your um, elders meeting or wherever you're having your meeting next yeah. ask yourself this question who should be in a room that's not here okay and how can we get them here 
So if your if your board looks one culture, you know that that's not going to be heaven. Mm. I need so the spirit comes and he brings diversity. Who should be here? That's not here. And also ultimately, maybe do I need to make sure there's no obstacles for them coming forward? Right. Okay. And you want to say this heart? I think. I'm I'm better off being diverse and I want you to be here. So if I'm putting a table out for food, for a spread to eat, I'm asking who's coming, what are their dietary requirements and who should be here feasting at this table? Mm. Because when they're here, they bring so much to the discussion. And so the first dynamics is my personal um, relationship with people with um, ethnic groups of diversity, who should be at the table and am I inviting them to the table and they're the two steps I would turn around and say practical steps that we can do today mm. um, to make ourselves more diverse yeah. um, and 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 make sure um, we might feel that people from ethnic groups might come and say things that maybe hurt us at points or they may come with a cultural dynamics of the past mm. in a conversation but if you're willing and you're open and you're you've got a heart to love people you know, love really does win the day mm. relational um, leadership and tolerance of other people and our, and our desire for them to be at the table really does win over f- uh, most friendships yeah. and so you got you got to start from there that's good um i think f- for me a, a big question we need to ask ourselves is is this something that we want is it something that we're looking for? Because if you're not looking for it, then you will kind of naturally lead towards your own people group, towards your own style. Um, and so I think you've got to look at uh, what am I producing? What's the fruit of my leadership? Uh, when I look across the room or when I look at the people in my, uh, in my church or uh, in my leadership team, you know, what am I producing? Am I producing people who are from the same background? And, and to have an honest conversation with yourself about um, what am I producing? the fruit of my decisions so far and is this what I want moving forward um, you know I, I really believe that there's something really rich in multicultural mm. Christian community like th- there's just something so good about it and it's really worth the fight it's worth mm. um, doing the hard yards asking the questions who should be in the room yeah. uh, in order to do that but it begins with do I desire this do I want this yeah. um, and, and really ultimately for me it comes back to it it glorifies god elevates jesus name and it is so distinctive from our society um and so uh, a way in which you can see the fruit is um are the people that you're leading within your christian community reflective of the people outside in the world around you uh, so that's uh, for me really helpful but i think openness and understanding as well really really important moving forward Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Daniel. Uh, It's always good to talk to you guys, and we're just scratching the surface on this conversation that's been going on for a long time. Uh, I just want to thank you guys for coming out, sharing your thoughts and your experience, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. We want to make sure that the Limitless Leadership Podcast is tackling the issues that affect you in youth ministry. So email us at info at limitlesselam.co.uk to let us know the issues you'd like us to discuss. Stay in touch with us on social media. We're at Limitless Elam on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or however you get your podcast. See you next time.